0: <coughs> this is a book titled family ties published by the Buddhist Saudi Arabia Islamia darul in terms of maintaining family ties in general we have discussed some of this the importance of it but in this discussion of family ties there is some specific advice that is here quite a detailed advice which is titled Advice to Husbands so this is something which again is very important for us to take note of The aspects of deen that we discussed last night, one of the very, very essential aspects is the aspect of muasharat. And the aspect of muasharat, we find that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa displayed a very, very high standard of muasharat with his wives. And this too is something that, especially a person who is traversing the path of Suluk and he has to be going all out to bring all these aspects in his life. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi had a complete example in him for every person in every aspect of life. So, in the line of Islam and Tazkiyah also, there mustn't be this departmentalization. This I would be very punctual on my tasbihat and mamulat and Askar mashallah, this will be super one. And when it comes to maasharat, then, well, that's not too serious or not too important. No, everything is important, and very important. Then again, just that note needs to be always added, that many a times when these things are discussed, sometimes people think that it seems like we are only the ones that keep catching it. <laughs> it seems like all the wives are all angels. So the thing is that when discussing something in the gathering of males, husbands, you're not going to be talking about the rights of the wife or the, the responsibilities of the wife. But when there is a address to the females, that, that is also addressed. Alhamdulillah has been addressed in many on many occasions. But the thing is that again the same issue that we are always looking at what is the other person's responsibility. This is the Western lifestyle and the Western Tarthib of things. that Everybody is taught what are their rights. That's the emphasis and everybody is taught how to demand their rights also. So now each person has got that tabiat and mizaj of demanding their rights. So the husband is demanding his rights and the wife is demanding her rights and in the process the tug of war starts but deen explain the rights of everyone but the tabiat and mizaj that deen has created is be concerned about fulfilling your duties the rights of everybody is explained in various places but the tabiyat and misaj: be concerned about fulfilling your responsibilities and duties and in terms of your rights, the mizaj that Shariat created is, that be ready to forego your rights. The rights are there, but the mizaj that Shariat created, this is again, the hudud of Shariat, is that the rights have been explained. But the mizaj of Shariat is, Nabi Sallallahu said to the Ansar, that, ستجدون baadi usratan." After I have left this world, You'll find that others are being given preference over you sometime later in time. That you might be perhaps entitled to some particular thing, some particular position or task and somebody else might be given preference in your place. So now, if you are more entitled to it, what you should do? So then you should start demanding your rights. You should start, in our terminology, start toy toying somewhere maybe. No, nothing of the sort. What Nabi Islam said to them, Hatta حَتَّى تَلْقَوْنِ al الْحَوْضِ Then just make sabr. This is the mizaj of shariah. Make sabr, when you meet me at Hawz al then I will then make up for whatever you were, you did not get in terms of your rights or your preference. You weren't given preference in dunya, I'll cover up for it on the day of qiyamah. This is the mizaj that shariah taught. So this is the Western style that everybody must demand their rights. Parents will demand their rights, the children will demand their rights. As a result, you'll have a problem between parents and children. And the whole Western society is a broken society. This was something like 10-12 years ago's statistics, or maybe before that also, where one in three homes was a broken home. Now, unfortunately, to the extent that we take that same line, this is not the only singular issue, but nevertheless a very major reason for the problems is this very same story that we going down that same western lifestyle and due to going down that same western lifestyle we are facing the same issues and the same problems that they have already started facing ages ago because of the way they were conducting their lives and despite seeing the damage that has come to that society we only saw the outer glitter and glamour But behind that, the rot, nobody wants to look at that. And want to take that outer glitter and glamour, that lifestyle of everybody is now, everybody is a career person. The father is also a career, and the mother is also a career person. So everybody is outside the home. And who's inside the home, then the maids and servants must be the ones who will raise the children. Or they'll be in some commercial upbringing. This has become the situation in this zamana, the children are given commercial upbringing because in some daycare center, whatever else That is not a place where there's any love and affection given to any child. That is a place where a child is given commercial upbringing So a child who has been given commercial upbringing. There's going to be only material values in him So then as time goes that plays out and then this leads to that broken society so the way that nabi sallallahu alaihi taught us the way that shariat and deen has guided us is something very very different and it's a perfect way of life nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam presented and gave us such a perfect way of life that if we follow that and which was wherever it was followed then there was harmony there was peace the odd situation could come up here and there that is not the standard by which to judge anything that 5% of things or not even 5%, perhaps 1-2% of things went a little bit out of place. That happens. That is something anyway. But by and large, everything will run peacefully. By and large, there will be harmony. By and large, there will be peace. Not the situation the other way around. So therefore these are things that, these are pointers that are here of how we should be conducting ourselves as husbands. They yeah. Perhaps many who are not yet husbands, inshallah they would be husbands soon. Tarot people are saying mean very quickly. So, advice is for everyone. So the thing is that this is something that is important for us to take note of. <clears throat> Allah Jalla Jalaluhu says, For them, that is, women are rights similar to those on them according to the beautiful standards. This is the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Man is told that as there are rights due to him, his wife also has rights due unto her. And again, this is something, the discussion is starting on the note of rights, but there are two things. One is a formal relationship. Example, an employer and an employee now there's a degree of formality there's a relationship of employment, but it 's a formal relationship. Now this formal relationship will continue fine if it runs by the rules. If it goes by the rules, it will carry on fine only be a problem because it's a form, formal situation, so if everybody fulfils whatever the rules are. If there is a contract in place, now everybody is going and abiding by the contract. So inshallah they will be fine, all carry on. But then there is an informal relationship. Informal relationship whether it is between spouses, which is meant to be an informal relationship in every sense of the word, whether it is between friends, whether it is between parents and children, an informal relationship is never healthy when it runs by the rules an informal relationship is healthy when it runs on compassion, kindness, affection, forgiveness when it runs on the basis of qualities otherwise can we imagine that everybody is conducting themselves in an informal relationship by the rules then this becomes a very strained relationship I did my job that's it this is my duty I've done my duty so now the wife's duty part of her du- oh, it's not part of her duty for example to be cooking for the husband that's not her duty in terms of sharia. it's not something that you want to say loudly but that's the fact and the reality but the point is just as that is not her duty Likewise, it is not the husband's responsibility and duty to take care of, for example, her medical expenses. He has to provide food, clothing, shelter, these are all his responsibilities. But medical expenses, this is not his responsibility. Now imagine everybody going by the rules. He comes home, she says, well, you cook your own food. Because not my duty. And unfortunately, in this career world, this is the line that is being taken now that today i will look after the baby tonight and tomorrow night is your turn so anytime of the night because i got to go to work also so now everybody is there's no mother left in the house everybody is the father so the point is that an informal relationship the rules are there the rules are there so that nobody may cross the line and do things lesser than what the rules demand. But going purely on the rules and sticking by that, so to say, contract, that will never ever be a healthy relationship. The way that that relationship will be healthy is that doesn't matter what my rights are. I will go out of my way to do more than what my responsibilities are. And likewise the other side. There's a jazba of khidmat. And this is why Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the, in another ayat, that وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدّةً وَرَحْمَةً وَمِنْ أَيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنْفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Allah Ta'ala has created spouses for you لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا That this is the objective. So that you may gain sukoon. You may gain peace. How will this peace come? This will come with the next path that Allah Ta'ala has created. Allah Ta'ala created between you love and compassion. So this is the rules by which this will be a healthy relationship. So the thing that these aspects that are mentioned here are not the rules by which a person though it starts off on the point of rights, but it is not a charter of rights here. It's a charter of love and compassion. This is what it runs on. about this might have happened around maybe 10-15 years, about 12-15 years before he passed away. Around 2005-2006, around that time. So he had come for Umrah. So he just landed in Makkah Mukarramah. So now there was a big number of people that had accompanied him, that he's going for Umrah. They all wanted to be part of that suffer with him to get the opportunity of making Umrah and performing the ziyarat, etc. in his company. So many had joined, a big number. So he had barely landed in Makkah Mukarramah. And as soon as he landed there, the message came that Muhammad Sahab, Ka'an Barakatum's mother, Hazrat's wife, has just suffered a stroke. Now, Hazrat himself was in his advanced ages at that time. Physically, he was not in a position to make any khidmat of her. Whatever would have been done would already have been in hand because Muhammad al himself was present at home, so he and he's, we're all living with him, living together. So he was taking care of whatever the necessary is. All that was happening, whatever was necessary to be done, as soon as Hazrat got this message, he immediately performed Umrah. Then, after the Umrah was performed, because he immediately came, performed Umrah, and very quickly had something to eat and left immediately for Madina Manawara. When it made ziyarat in a matter of... an reached Madina Sharif, made ziyarat for about one hour or something, and then came again, straight to Jid, from Madina Sharif straight to Jidda. And in about less than 36 hours from the time he had departed, he was back home, that this was something that he, he needed to be there as that support. And everybody was left dumbfounded that he's just landed for Umrano. And everything is in hand. But this is that last night's discussion, that consideration. That consideration that one is physical khidmat, that will also happen. Now somebody is, for example, Allah forbid, somebody is in a hospital. In the hospital, everything is going to now be done by whoever else is responsible for those duties. So now somebody says, well, everything is being taken care of, so he doesn't even go to pay a visit. It is his wife, for example, or it is his parents, for that matter, or his whoever, some close relative. So he is there, but he says, well, everything is being done, all the khidmat is being done, so what's the need for me to be there now, or to go also? There's a world of difference in what one is the physical khidmat, but that moral support, that presence which now gives that support and that comfort, that's something else. So in less than 36 hours, Hazrat was already back in Karachi with all the traveling time and everything. And he says, this is the muasharat that we are responsible for. This is the muasharat that Nabi sas has taught us. Now this is that lesson which is derived from the hadith of Rasulullah sas that consideration. So this is the thing that we need to focus on because as mentioned, this is not a part, a piecemeal thing. Take some things and leave some things. No, everything goes. Then that's a complete... Person sees a fruit, one part of it, one half of it is excellent. He turns it around, he can see some rot on the other side, takes and keeps it one side. He doesn't want this one. Whereas one half of it is perfect. But the other half of it is... There's some rot or not, the whole half of it to one small portion of it is rotten. He says, leave this one aside. And if there's nothing else, then probably he'll want to now chop that part off. But otherwise he doesn't want to have that one. So he wants to have something that's complete. So likewise, our akhlaq, our muamalat, our muasharat, together obviously with the foundations of imaniyat and ibadat, all this must be complete. So Rasulullah wasallam said, The best among you are those who are best towards their wives. Now this is that rule by which it works. Not by the rules of what are the duties and responsibilities and that's it. That, uh, that's how it'll work. I fulfilled my duty, I'm going home now. Oh, well, can't say going home now, you're supposed to be in the home. <laughs> Rasulullah wasallam said, The best among you are those who are best towards their wives. There's one hadith in Tirmizi Sharif, in Shama'ilah Tirmizi, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam one day, he sat with the Azwadi Mutahharat, which was a common thing that he would sit at night with them. He would obviously have turns in whose house he would be. But whichever house he would be, after the Isha Salah, the Azwadi Mutahharat would gather there. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, together with some advice, etc., there would even be some light-hearted discussions there would be some light-hearted discussions also. And Nabi Salaam would say sometimes some things which would be very amazing and they would be really... Now, all this was out of that same muasharat. So, in this particular hadith, this lengthy hadith, Nabi Salaam speaks about that there was a time when 11 women, they got together because everybody's husbands were gone out on some journey, business whatever, so they sat down to pass the time. Now this was in the times of Jahiliyat. So now they got together to pass their time. So now to pass their time, what was the pastime? time? The pastime was, everybody's going to give a description of what kind of husband she has in terms of what kind of person he is, and said the agreement is, give it as it is, don't hold back anything. Whatever it is, as they say, what's and all. So now these 11 women gathered to give that account of what kind of husband it is. So in any case, it's a lengthy hadith each one gave. Somebody said, hey, somebody put the husband on the seventh heaven and somebody below the seventh earth. So, that nevertheless is something, this hadith is there in shamail al tirmizi the English is also available, the translation, khasail and nabui. So the lesson for us in that is, that whatever these descriptions are there, as you said, some, they put, that obviously is an exaggeration also, but when a wife will come to praise, she will exaggerate. And when it comes the other way around, then she will bury him below the, below the earth. As my Ustaz Hazrat Mahabudu Sahab, ta'an He says that don't expect praise from your wife. A wife, she will praise the husband on two occasions only. One is after the proposal is done now, before she gets married. Subhanallah, what a person he is. You know how fortunate I am. And after he's passed away. (laughs) In between, don't expect it. So if anything comes, then you are Maybe one of those unique people. Other than that, don't expect it. So the thing that we're talking about was that these 11 women got together and gave an account of their husbands. So some are extremely glowing accounts. Some are like 50-50 kind of things. And some, as we said, Tahta right under below the seventh earth. The issue there is for us to now consider ourselves which category we fall in here. Often we are ready to look at the faults of everybody else, but to introspect, to look in the mirror and see our own faults, to see where am I going wrong. Yes, others have their faults, but how many faults I have? Often we demand hundred percent from our wives. We want them to be hundred percent. But now the question is how many percent is am I? So sometimes we are fifty percent and we want hundred percent. So if we are fifty percent in terms of our character, our akhlaq, in terms of how we speak, how we conduct ourselves, how much of quality time we give them, how much of affection we show. So if we are fifty percent, then we should be happy with fifty percent, too. Are we 50% and demanding 100%? We are tripping all the time and expecting others never to trip. We are also full of faults. We are expecting others to be perfect. So that is not fair. If we are 50%, we should expect and be happy with less than 50%. Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Innal the woman has been created from a crooked rib. So you have to stay straight and accept that crookedness. The husband is being addressed with the, by this hadith, not the wife. The husband is being addressed that Inna استمتعت بها استمتعت بها That you want to now make things run smoothly, then you'll have to accept that crookedness. So you'll have to accept something lesser. So you 50%, you must be happy with 30%. Eh? But now we are 30% sometimes and we want 130%. That is obviously something that we can't dream about. So this is that synopsis. is a very healthy thing to read through this hadith. And to see where I fit in. And then to start making efforts to improve in those things that we are falling short in, and as mentioned already several times, that just as we are full of our faults, others have their faults also, but this is not the way that things improve by trying to focus on other people's faults, on the other party's faults. We start improving ourselves first. Whatever the challenges are, we first start improving ourselves. And when we start improving ourselves, we'll see, inshallah, a similar reaction from the other side. So, there are many points that are mentioned here, inshallah, in the time that we have. Let's see how many we can cover today. Inshallah, we'll continue tomorrow. First point that is here, when entering the home, always make salaam cheerfully. Now, this is just the first point still. This is just the first point. But for us to think about it, that is this something that is part of the standard procedure in our life? Now this is the first step, the first step into the home. and This is the first step that is going to set the... Whatever is going to continue from there, whether it's going to be a situation of peace, whether it's going to be a pleasant situation, or the opposite. So this is where it starts off with entering the home correctly when entering the home always make salam cheerfully one is to make salam Alhamdulillah that is the sunnah obviously and that is the teaching of the Quran Sharif Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but then there's ways to make salam also sometimes a person makes salam in such a way that when he makes salam everybody takes cover they rather don't be in the way and sometimes it's Amazing how the minds work. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and hidayat. There was one issue once and so now the husband, every well, both parties were told, okay, put down whatever your issues are. Write it down so that no we to take it from here. So the husband also wrote down all his issues, what he what he was having a problem with or what he wanted. So part of the things that he wrote, one point that he wrote was that I should have the right to come and vent my all the frustrations of work, etc. at home. Where else I'm going to take it out? So now at work I had a hard day, so I must have the right to come and vent it at home. He's writing this as a point of that this should be addressed also, that his wife takes exception to this. That don't bring your work problems here. He says he needs a right, that's a his right. That where else he's going to go vent it? He needs to let off the steam. So at the workplace, everybody made zoom on him. So now he has to come and make his wife Muslim for that. So somebody gave him a slap in the workplace, so he must pass it on here. Is this insaniat? Is this the character of a mu'min? But the, the, the amazing thing is the mindset. That one is that person is conducting himself in that way. To even put this as a point... That this is something which should be addressed with my wife. That I should be allowed to have this, this, uh, opportunity to come and vent my emotions of work at home. This is something which should never be the case. That when a person is entering that house of his, that door of his house, then whatever happened outside should be left outside. And there shouldn't even be the slightest indication of what happened outside when he enters inside. Because now he's mixing up his life. And then because of what happened outside, he's going to ruin his whole, the whole piece of his house inside. So this is the first point when entering the home, always make salam cheerfully. No matter how difficult your day may have been. No matter how difficult your day may have been. You had a difficult day at work, don't make it difficult for others at home. That is your work at, at work. Now you keep the sukoon at home and you'll get sukoon. When you bring sukoon at home, you'll get sukoon at home. But you bring your emotions of work at home, then you're going to feel the heat at home also. So, this is the aspect, no matter how difficult your day may have been. A hadith states, that when a man enters his home cheerfully, Allah jalla جل creates an angel, who seeks forgiveness on his behalf, as a result of his happy attitude. So, this is something which, is a great, is something emphasized. In fact, the next point that comes is about smiling as well. And this is where this is to be made Amal on most within the four walls of the home. So this first lesson was when entering the home, always, this always is not written here in that manner, but what this always is, it is all in caps and bold, typing something. So sometimes, all is put in caps, and then on top of that in bold, and highlighted also. For our understanding, that how much of amal we should be making on this, that is always is in all caps, it's in bold, and also highlighted. And if you want to add, it's underlined as well. That this should be the rule. That always make salaam cheerfully, no matter how difficult your day may have been. A hadith states that when a man enters his home cheerfully, Allah jalla جل jalaluhu creates an angel who seeks forgiveness on his behalf as a result of his happy attitude. Implement the beautiful sunnah of smiling. Smile more and frown less. These are all things that you should actually sometimes try and do an exercise. Do it quietly, no problem. Don't make it known you're doing it. For example, one day, take a survey of oneself. Be conscious, but now that this day has passed, think carefully, okay, how many minutes might have passed in the manner that I was being cheerful? I smiled. I brought about some kind of cheer and happiness. In the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Ibn Abbas of reports, that Nabi Salaam said, that إِنَّ أَحَبَّ الْأَعْمَالِ إِلَى اللَّهِ بَعْدَ الْفَرَائِذِ إِدْخَالُ السَّرُورِ فِي قَلْبِ الْمُؤْمِنِ that Among the most beloved of actions after the farahiz, to Allah Ta'ala, most beloved of actions to Allah Ta'ala after the farahiz, is what? إِدْخَالُ السَّرُورِ فِي قَلْبِ الْمُؤْمِنِ Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Now, this is anybody, any mu'min, but which mu'mins will be more deserving than this, than those who are closest to us? Our own parents, our spouses, our children, then our family members. As they say, charity begins at home. So this charity of idhalus surur, this too begins at home. Now Often, what happens is that we always want to fight fire with fire. That is our Attitude, our procedure. We so fight fire with fire. But fire with fire only creates more fire. If it was a small fire, it becomes an inferno. The way to fight fire is with water. When a person will fight fire with water, then things will all get extinguished. But now nobody wants to have or wants to take that water in their hand. And say, I will fight with water, not with fire we are immediately ready to fight fire with fire. But this is never the way that things will work out. So this exercise, that how much time did I spend in this way? And if a person really seriously takes note of this, then he will realize how much we still have to do. So this is the point here, that implement the beautiful sunnah of smiling. Smile more and frown less. Many a times these kind of things come up, that there was now some issue, some little argument, some little whatever dispute over something and now one whole week has gone. My husband hasn't spoken to me besides something out of absolute necessity, what he needed to say he said, otherwise he's not speaking to me. A whole week has passed, a whole week. Can we imagine what, what kind of musibat we are bringing? and then too the Hadi sahab is still Hadi sahab, and the Sufi sahab is still Sufi sahab and the Maulana sahab is still Maulana sahab and everybody is everybody is still A1 despite how we conduct ourselves that this is zulm but it hasn't affected our position and status in any way because nobody knows what goes on but this is the akhlaq that Nabi Salaam has taught us this bringing happiness and cheer to the hearts Smiling, being affectionate, being uh, compassionate, being kind. These are the things that, this is the water. This is the water that will extinguish the fire. Indeed, there are often issues, sometimes complicated issues. As we said, we are not discussing things that pertain or what should be addressed to the females. That is, when there is a gathering that where they are addressed, they are told all what they are supposed to be told. There's another whole chapter here, I shouldn't have mentioned it now, because everybody might be rushing to look at what else is there in the advice to wives. But that is not for us. That is here. This book is not one-sided, alhamdulillah. It's all here. But again, we are more interested in reading what they're supposed to do. And likewise, the other way around. So we concern ourselves with what we are supposed to do. And many a times, many a times, a person, it is only how, again the same issue that was discussed previously, it's often a matter of the mindset. In regards to what? In regards to how he handles this, that it might become something very manageable for him, or something that will overwhelm him. Often the thing that will change this is how he—what what is his mindset. Now, one is the mindset that it must be my way or as they say, the highway. That is one mindset. Everything must be how I want it. And he is now looking at everything in that manner. So small, minor things now become major irritants for him. The other way is that he says that or the way that he his outlook is that whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with. This is something I got to make it happen now. I got to make it work. And I'm the Khadim after all. Nabi Sallallahu he made khidmat in his house. So if I have to do certain things, so what? And if certain things are against my tabiat and mizaj, this is my Islah. This was the point. Many a times, what Islah the sheik won't make, the wife will make it. Two thirds of the Islam will get made at home, and one third will get made elsewhere. But the person has that mindset that he is. This is the outlook. My Islam is getting made; doesn't matter. So he's ready to get his Islam made. So his Islam will get made also, and when he is accepting it as this is my Islam getting made, then he takes it in his stride. Like those incidents that we discussed about people went to the mashayikh and they were put through ajeeb kind of situations and tests and whatever. And they took it in their stride. Why? Because they came there for that objective. They came there for the Islam. So now whatever Isla is getting made, they're happy to take it in their stride. Not that they weren't feeling the pressure of it. Feeling the pressure of it is human nature. But being able to take it in one's stride depends on one's outlook. So now this is dunya. There will be ups and downs. There will be all kinds of situations that will come up. Sometimes a person will be traveling through the garden route. And sometimes he will go through the karu also. All kinds of terrain carry on. But now the person who has got his eye on the road. And he is focused to the destination. Then he knows his karu will pass also. He will come back to the good scenery. But now he starts becoming... Restless now that, how am I going to drive through this? Then obviously he's going to now get diverted and he'll come off the road. So these are the lessons by which this vehicle keeps moving well. That a person gets the right outlook, the right mindset. And that right mindset, it might not necessarily change anything on the other side. Sometimes that might not happen. He has now adopted the right outlook, but yet it hasn't changed some things on the side of the spouse. But it'll make his situation manageable. He'll take it in his stride, and he's focusing now again on the akhirat. That all this is coming in hand; it's not gone to vain. It was a great buzrug of his time, Sheikh Abul Hasan rahmatullah rahmatullahi. Oh, it was one of the other very great mashayikh. Perhaps it was him, perhaps one of the others. So one person had come from far off to come to his khanqa and to come and benefit from him. So he came at that time. This sheikh wasn't at his house. This person went and knocked on the door. This person had a wife who had a very, very wicked temper and very wicked temperament in every nature and manner and akhlaq and etc. So he knocked on the door and he asked for the sheikh. So he might have asked with all the titles and whatever. So she replied from inside that what all these long long titles you're talking about. He is this and that and the other and she gave all the opposite titles. So now this person became totally disappointed So he came for the first time and he thought now that he was given the wrong information. He thought that he was now mistaken. He came to visit and benefit from somebody of such a high caliber and now this is what he's hearing about him. So as now he is disappointed and he's walking away and at that time the sheikh was returning from the jungle. He had gone for whatever some so it happened that this person was also going in that same direction, whether he knew where he was going or not. Allah made it happen in this way. And these things are not things that generally, even in those times, these mashayikh would make apparent to anyone and everyone. But sometimes it will just become apparent. He sees this person coming, and he's riding a lion. He's riding a lion. And just as a person riding a horse or something, he has a stick to spur the horse he had a snake in his hand for that purpose so now he is astounded and shocked that what I just heard and what am I seeing am I dreaming or is this true so any case the sheikh saw him and he immediately realized saw this person's face and the whole story became clear to him that this fellow probably went home first so now this is why he is looking like this so he immediately told him that what you are seeing now is due to the sabr I have made there. What you are seeing now, Allah, Allah has blessed me with this karamat. As a result of that, Now he had that right mindset, that right outlook, and he took that in his stride. Allah Taala blessed him with this. Not that these kind of karamat are in any way something to aspire for, to even make an effort on, but the karamat that will come is, that a person will become closer to Allah. Ta'ala. That islah that he is desiring, two-thirds and maybe three-quarters of that islah will get made there. Because now he'll have to tolerate a lot. He'll have to take things in his stride. He will have to bear things. And in all that, when he is handling those situations correctly, each time that he's making his islah, sometimes situations become very complicated also. That is all in its, everything accepted that these things happen in that way sometimes. Sometimes it is a major issue from the side of the wife maybe, which makes it extremely complicated. So All these things are in its place, but we are talking about our situation, how we are supposed to be handling the issues. So this is a lot dependent on how we, what, what kind of mindset we approach these things with. What is our outlook? The outlook is my way or the highway? the outlook is the rules, then that is something that's never going to work. So this point is here, that implement the beautiful sunnah of smiling, smile more and frown less. Express this virtuous act of smiling to your wife often, and not only outside to strangers. That's unfortunately what happens, that a person, it seems that sometimes, we have a quota of the number of smiles. So for example, for the day maybe, there's 100 smiles, so a person finishes off 99 outside. So now, if there's 100 smiles, there's 100 frowns also. So when he comes inside the house, he's got one smile and 100 frowns left. Because outside, there was no frowns on anyone. And Allah forbid, he's smiling in all the wrong places. He's smiling where he is earning the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. And where he would have been earning the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, there he's only got frowns left. So, this is the lesson here. Smiling is an act of charity. And this is actually something that is therapeutic. Smiling, there's some write-up on this, which I happened to read one day. This is some research, Western research. And when a person smiles, this has a positive effect on his Inner happiness and this therapeutic thing, now obviously not something to especially do in public, but what was being it was a kind of therapy that was being researched and they found that this is actually working for some people. That a person who is feeling down, so they gave them some kind of exercises that even the person sitting alone to repeatedly just smile. So that's why i said don't do it in public because somebody will one of two things either they'll say this person mashallah is probably he's seeing something in jannat already or they'll might get concerned and you know, want to make some appointment for him so the point was that they found that this has a therapeutic effect on a person's well-being and this is something which It's common sense, it's something that makes sense. When a person smiles, even if he is just doing it because now out of courtesy courtesy to someone, that now somebody is meeting him, so he's smiling though he's feeling down, but for that moment while he's smiling just to meet the person cheerfully because this is sunnat also, for that brief moment, his own grief he forgets for a while. For that brief moment, that grief of his goes to the back of his mind. And then now when he will be gone from there, then everything will come back. But for that brief moment, that is something that gets masked. It gets covered. So this is the lesson that is being given here. Smiling is an act of charity. Try and create such a loving presence at home that your family members look forward to see you rather than hoping you never come home. Oh, they got that fishing basket ready. That <laughs> as soon as he comes, he rather go fishing. This story about this one person well, this is just one of those Lal Kitab stories, so there's no reference that I got for it. That this person suffered a coma. So now because he he was in that coma, he was like dead and there was no sign of life, so people thought he really passed away. So now, the man passed away, so now they started whatever the procedures are, the ghusl and kafan and everything. Now, family is all there, all crying, His wife is crying. In any case, now, the sons, her family members came, they picked the janazah Now they're walking the janazah to the Qabristan, and en route, there was this one tree with a low-lying branch. So now, as they're walking the this janazah, this, they didn't notice this branch, and the Box hit this branch, in that jolt, this person came out of this coma. He sat up in so any case, first, they might have got shocked or not, but then it became apparent that well, khair, this person hadn 't passed away, so finally he brought him back home. Everybody's rejoicing, mashallah. very happy this person is back home. so some time passed one, two years, then he passed away, so after he passed away now again, the same procedure, so Kafan everything now again family is all gathered around him, his wife is crying, big big tears. Now the sons came to pick the janaza up so she called one son close by and in his ear she whispered that look this time watch out for that brunch. <laughs> <laughs> it mustn't happen he comes back. <laughs> so the thing is for us to ponder that is our presence appreciated at home? Or are they wishing that this branch never comes in the way? So this is the point that is here, that try and create such a loving presence at home, that your family members look forward to see you, rather than hoping you never come home. And many of these things, when these lessons are given, so, Shaitan in the mind says, but now, See, it takes two hands to clap. How am I going to try to clap with one hand? Because I don't get a similar response or I'm trying to be cheerful and I'm trying to do things in the right way, but I keep getting the negative response. So again, it comes back to that same first lesson that we have been ordered to be straight and accept some crookedness on the other side, number one. And number two, over time, when we will continue to be implementing these lessons, then it will definitely, this is the clap with two hands, is the normal rule of dunya, that it takes two hands to clap. But there is another rule, or another something above that, that the hand of akhlaq, that one hand will clap also. Because in time, that akhlaq, it will reflect on the other side. And the way a person will conduct himself, but the thing is, we are in the microwave age. So a person puts something in the microwave, he must see it coming out in one minute, steaming hot. So now we want everything to work in that manner. That now, person smiled, and now is counting the seconds. Now, how many seconds passed? now? I smiled, she didn't smile. So now it's like that example that a person... He one day got the topic of the So out of the blue, first time in his life, he got the topic of the So now he's sitting there now, his Miraj must start now. So one day he got the topic of the now he's waiting for his Miraj to start. So this requires that things will take a while, there's a procedure, but when a person is patient and he is diligent on his side of the of the issue, he is fulfilling what he's supposed to do. Allah Ta'ala will make the rest of it happen for him also. Inshallah we'll continue with this. We'll need another 10 days here Inshallah to continue and complete this. But whatever Allah Ta'ala wills. Because there's about 10 pages here. And today we did one page. So. but Main thing is that we need to adopt these aspects positively, wholeheartedly. And primarily, in our case, that we are seeking Islam, So we need to adopt these things with this mindset. That this is my Islam. When a person has this outlook, when a person has this and that aspect of focusing on the Akhirat, when any challenge comes, that what is going to make my Akhirat now? This has become an opportunity for me, because to start off with, what is the quality of our Amal? What is the quality of our salah? Can we, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us? Can we even say that one sajda has been performed in such a way that we can be truly satisfied that this was done in the way that Allah Ta'ala is on the basis of the quality Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it? It's only out of His grace that Inshallah He'll accept it. But if we cannot even make a claim for one sajda, then what is the quality of our salah? What is the quality of our tilawat? How much of the tilawat are we making? What is the quality of our zikr and dua? What is the quality of our heart? How much of tawakkul we have in it? How much of taqwa is there? How much of inabat towards Allāh ta'ala is there? How much of rujoo ilallah there is there? What is the quality of our ittiba of the sunnah? So the quality of these things is so low. So many times Allah ta'ala brings certain situations on a person like illnesses. This is mentioned some, in one hadith actually, that sometimes Allah Ta'ala has decreed a rank for a person. But his a'mal are very very weak, and on the basis of that a'mal, he is not capable of reaching that rank. Not that we should ever ask for any kind of difficulty, we have been taught in the hadith to always ask for afiat. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala brings about some situations, some illness, some other situation. And then Allah Ta'ala gives him the tawfiq of making sabr on that situation. And by virtue of the sabr he made, he gets that reward with that sabr that he reach, reaches that rank which he could not have reached with his a'mal. So a person who has that right outlook, person who is focusing correctly, then it might not necessarily change the circumstances but it will make things very very easily manageable for him he'll be able to take it in his stride and he won't get overwhelmed with it he'll be able to handle it and otherwise even half the situation or quarter the situation or a fraction of it also will make him all those things that we keep speaking about make him fly off the handle and make him lose it and make him pass on pieces of his mind keep distributing to the point finally he's got nothing left himself. And what the end result of it is obvious. So the whole aspect is to have the correct approach, to have the correct mindset, and make dua, we make efforts to address the issues in the correct way, in a dignified way, in the correct procedure. Allah Taala will rectify it for us. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah bihamdihi subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashjadu Allah ilaha illa anta nastaghfiru kawnatuhu.